And, wow. And here, okay, well, there we go. And here we go. The carpro.com talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And yes, I have the busy throat. I don't know why. I've taken everything I got to take. One thing that I am never concerned about in certain uh, aspects of uh, my life like when I had my open heart surgery, this was back in 2015. It never occurred to me to say, is this person well rep, you know, is this a reflection of America, the surgeon that's going to crack my chest? Is he, is, is it a person of color? Is it a female? Do they, do they identify as some non-binary etheris sort of uh, being? Because that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for competency. Never occurred to me. Until very recently, until COVID hit, I used to uh, I used to fly on a fairly regular basis. Not anymore. I'm not flying anymore. Follow along with me if you if you might. January the fifth this year, Alaskan Airlines Boeing seven thirty seven dash nine had an explosive decompression when a door plug panel blew out while they were airborne. Thankfully, they were not pressurized yet they had not taken into out gone into altitude thankfully or that would have been a disaster january 2nd japan japan airlines airbus a350 a350 collided with another airplane in a runway incursion accident 2019 two boeing max crashes the first was lion air in jakarta the second ethiopian ethiopian airline both suffered the same software glitch feature in 2013, an Asiana flight crashed just short of the runway while landing in San Francisco. You might say, well, Bill, accidents happen. And that's true. However, uh, you also hear all the time how it is so much more safer to fly than it is to ride in your car, walk across the street, sit in your easy chair. It's just so doggone safe to fly. In April of 2021, United Airlines announced that racial quotas will be prioritized over qualifications in pilot hiring. Who in the fresh hell would get out there and admit that out loud? Who's saying that? Well, United Airlines was saying that. Right now, the FAA says we lack nearly 3,000 air traffic controllers. 30% of each class washes out. And yet they still tell us it's safe to fly. But this remarkable run of safety might be coming to an end because of diversity, inclusion, and equity, critical race theory, and environmental, social, and governance initiatives, which seem to be, they've gone amok. AVA, when, it, when, when a plane goes down, you know, when an airplane pops a fan belt, it just doesn't pull over to it. Every aspect of that airplane, from the pilot to the to the crew, to the people that are putting it together, to the people that are maintaining it, all of that is vitally important when you've got a gigantic school bus at 30,000 feet. Everything has got to work really, really well. And for the very longest time they have. It is, it, you know, the miracle of flight is indeed miraculous. However, they've decided to reinvent it. 
They have to correct the perceived wrongs at the expense of competency and reliability and affordability and people being alive. And they have been this early adopter of all of this social nonsense, including zero-emission flying mandates, social promotion, and accepting government re regulations, regardless of whether they are intelligent or even doable. The death of meritocracy within the aviation sector, that's deadly. Trying to meet social justice goals in the aviation industry is deadly. Worse, it's nearly impossible to hold anyone accountable today. The other day, a fuselage plug fell out of a Boeing jet because someone forgot to put in the bolts that held the plug in place. So that means they missed multiple insulation and inspection protocols. Uh, Spirit Aerospace, who built the fuselage barrel, was the immediate culprit, but the fault flowed to Boeing because it was ultimately responsible. And Boeing, right now they're just in a big hemorrhage. They're just hemorrhaging money. And as a result of their internal culture change, they have lost their dominant position against Airbus. And they held that for nearly 100 years. But there's more going on than one company. And, you know, I'm just going to blurt it. Across the aviation industry, from the companies that build the planes to those who maintain and fly them, you got too many experienced old white guys in the airline industry who are retiring and being replaced by unqualified individuals. Does this mean that you have to be Caucasian, you have to be a, a mature, and you have to be a guy to be able to be good at flying a plane? No, it does not. But you do have to be competent. You do have to be competent. And because of this headlong rush to get rid of this perceived bad demographic, uh, this is where the problem is coming. The proof of that is the sheer volume of screw-ups that keep coming. And most of it can be traced to human error. Competency, competency is a dirty word now. It's, 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 it's racist. The Asiana crash that killed three people was eventually tied to pilots who didn't know how to fly a plane by hand. They, they requested an electronic ILS approach. And all they got was a visual approach, and that was more than they could handle. The Lion Air and Ethiopian crashes were attributed to software problems, but that was Boeing's responsibility. But other pilots, both in simulators and actual flights, dealt with the same issues that amounted uh, to nothing as serious as a common runway trim fault. And it did not crash their aircraft. So, right now the FAA is trying to make airplanes idiot-proof. And that's impossible. And it will only create new failure modes, resulting in more accident and, and loss of lives and aircraft. And what about those air traffic controller positions? Because they make good money. And they're turning away the traditional applicants. And, you know, it, it comes down to this. It comes down to what people want to do. You know, it's, it's the same thing as uh, can women do the same jobs men do? Uh, I guess they could. Uh, go out and get a bricklayer job, lady. By all means. Go have that. Go have at it. Now, do you think that the government would uh, fail to uh, allow some uh, incompetent people to graduate? I'm sure they would. 
some, you know, some people get into non-controlled positions or low traffic situations so they won't kill anybody when they're not nearly as competent as they should be to begin with. And sometimes you just see a bunch of empty chairs. But the pre you know, going back to pilots, the president of United Airlines has mandated that 50% of its pilots will be non-white males. Who, who thought that was a smoking hot idea to put that out in the open, even if you said it and you mean it? The message is staggering. He came right out and effectively stated that pilot competency is secondary to skin color and bathroom preference. And one day, one day, a lawyer will dig up this quote when some pilot in the future has an accident and they're going to be looking at it and they're going to see that this was a box checking hire and that's going to be it for that company. They're going to be owned outright by the family of the people they just killed. And besides this, you know, why would you ditch competence or ability? And, you know, flying an airplane as, as, as really, you know, it, it's actually quite automated nowadays and it's, uh, it's, it's a re remarkable process, but it's still unforgiving. You can't make a bunch of mistakes in flight. Whenever somebody's getting out there and they're looking for a pilot to fly their private jet, they're looking for the best pilot they can find. They don't care if he's got a gray beard or a black beard or a beard. So there's this fantasy that they can perceive or they can write a perceived wrong that happened before we were born. And that's what it is. It's just a fantasy. They cannot do it. They're not going to be able to do it. It's just not doable. We had nothing to do with that. And in the interim, they want you to pay to get on a plane flown by an incompetent. Dear Lord, all I can simply tell you is God bless America. When we get back, there's some fresh nonsense going out there. Apparently, if you're dead and you want to change your gender, that should be allowed. Although, I don't quite know how that works out. Let's find out. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. carpro.com talk line 1-800-905-0989 the common sense retirement planning text line is 71307 I, I find it interesting about this now when I die I don't care how you refer to me I really don't because I'll be gone you won't be able to hurt me no more I'm going to a better place I don't even know how they're going to refer to me when I get there but it won't matter because I'll be dead and this is what happens when people have too much time on their hands. Now, this thankfully is happening in the UK. I say thankfully for most of you. I'm half British, so I get to own some of this stupidity. Uh, a member of the Labour Party suggested that the law should allow a person's gender to be, gender to be changed on their documents after death. I, I, uh, when, when I saw that, my, my worldview sort of warped, sort of like, you know, folded in on itself. This coming from uh, Labor Party MP Charlotte Nichols. 
She stated that the Gender Recognition Act of 2004 should be amended to change someone's gender posthumously. <laughs> she told the ter Telegraph, uh, My question follows on from a recent petition supported by many of my constituents regarding amending the Gender Recognition Act. The genesis of the petition was the murder of my constituent, Brianna Gay, G-H-E-Y, whose... Uh, Life was brutally cut short before she was old enough to have formal legal recognition of who she was and how she would be remembered by her family, friends, and our community. At the time, the government said they did not believe any reforms were necessary, but it is something I continue to have raised with me by my constituents and will continue to raise with the government accordingly so that this can be an option available to bereaved families should they so wish. So... First things first, I'm not going to speak ill of the dead, okay? However, I'm going to presume that the parents were going to go along with this. She was 16 years old. No, excuse me, the, the, her murderers were 16 years old. How old was she? Um, she, was, she was a teenager. Is that right? Well, she was a teenager. I don't know what exactly what her age was. Her murder was... Uh, her murderers were two 16-year-olds. And um, she was identified as a transgender girl. So I can only presume um, that her parents were going to go along with this nonsense. And uh, all of this stuff was uh, just... They, they were going to go along with it. They were going to go along with the whole uh, idea of... of uh, Letting her transition. Or him. See, now I don't even know what what uh, what what the what this poor individual was born as. This is how it anyway. The ones that murdered this individual committed the crime for enjoyment and the thirst for killing. Although they denied killing Brianna. Which I wonder if Brianna was a guy now. <laughs> but no matter what, what, no matter what this ill-fated young person was, or anything like this, let's let's break this down and uh, understand this. Um, all of this transgender nonsense is getting out of hand. It's getting out of hand. There's way too many of these people that are being humored, and then they are they're they're assisted in their transition, and then they regret it. Then they regret it. So obviously, this is not the solution in every case, although they're trying to make it the solution in every case. Now, me being me, when somebody has passed away, no matter how I felt about them, whether I loved them with all of my heart or I didn't even know who they were, what does it matter what their gender is on a piece of paper? They're born a certain way. That's what they are. It's a very sad, it's one of those sad, definite, hard facts. It doesn't matter about how you feel in your mind, and it doesn't matter about what they say about, uh, I've seen some people say, well, the brain structure is the same as your actual desired gender, or your, you know, your, your you know, all that nonsense. There is no genocide going on against trans people. None. 
As a matter of fact, the only thing that's happening that I see is that there's an alarming trend of trans people being rampage killers. I do see that. I do see that. This body that I'm in right now, this is just the vessel that I that I that I inhabit while I'm here on the earth. That's all it is. I'm a bobsled that can walk, as are you. And when I'm done, I don't know that I'll be, I don't know that when I go to my final reward, will I be constrained by gender? Will I even know what that means in that next phase of my eternal life? So some of this stuff, this is just, this is just nonsense. It's stupidity. Um, Charlotte Nichols, she got out there on Twitter and said, I see the telegrapher back to whipping up, uh, whipping up transphobic panic, which is particularly tasteless in these circumstances. No, it's not. You dimwit. What you ought to really be concerned with, Charlotte, is you ought to be concerned with why two 16-year-olds in your culture are sitting back there thinking, you know, what do we want to do for kicks today? What did we do yesterday? We played music. Let's go murder somebody and see what that feels like. You want to? Yeah, let's go. You know? In, in late last year, the North Hertfordshire Museum declared that a third-century Roman emperor was transgender. And uh, they're going to refer to Elgabalus using she-her pronouns. Elgabalus reigned as a teenager and was killed when he was 18 in the year 222 A.D. I would love to know how we know what Elgabalus... <laughs> what, what was Elgabalus thinking when he was being murdered in 222 A.D.? Was he like, I'll never get to wear that dress I wanted to? Or, you know, they wore togas back then, so was there even a difference in that? Could you tell... When a woman was cross-dressing or a man was cross-dressing in those days, could you tell? How would you tell? Those are all as ridiculous a question to ask as the fact that we're sitting here going, well, you know, Elgabalus was a she-her. I know all of you guys are just thinking that on the way today. On the way to work, you're probably sitting back there going, you know, it's such a quandary to me what Elgabalus was thinking he was when, when he was murdered at 18 in 222 A.D., Absolute stupid. This is just stupidity on parade. <sighs> on parade. And and we sit back and we, we wonder how we got to where we are today. We're so busy looking at all of these shiny things, these misdirection things, that we're just not looking at the very basic things. And they're trying to shove this down our throat. This is all part of uh, get rid of the family because you can't have a family and be progressive. You can't have a family and be communist. You know, I mean, that that's just the way that's just the way they're rolling. <laughs> Somebody sent on the text line: Ten billion people have been born into this world, and none of them were born by a man. I don't know if that makes them transphobic or not. I think not. Probably just logical, like Spock. Might have a might have a. Uh, Surprise when we get back. We'll see. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.
Well, as it is two-way Tuesday, let's segue. I, I was trying to get somebody to call into the show, and I'm not going to identify him by name. If he calls into the show, we'll talk about it. But if he doesn't, we're just going to go right now on the moment, and we're just going to talk about a current truth. Uh, <laughs> uh, will you talk, Can you answer that text for me, Maestro, that's up there, and put my name on it, put my name in there? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Anyway. Go ahead and, and identify me. Um, the NRA in the past, last year in May, in North Carolina, they had a permitless carry bill up for uh, consideration. And it was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination because you're not going to get a perfect bill. We're not going to get a perfect bill. I wish it were different. I wish it were different, but you're not going to get it. You're going to get the beginning once. It, and you look, if, if we're all looking for a, a you know, a, a smart missile that we can fire and forget and walk away and it's going to take care of itself. We're talking about politicians. There are no really good politicians that I like. None. Not a one. So um, this bill in North Carolina, it was the New York Constitutional Carry Act, and uh, it died because a lot of people got out there and they had some things going on. Now, Paul Vallone was the leader of grassroots, is the leader of grassroots North Carolina. And he indicated that the NRA had concerns about education requirements that had been added to the bill on Tuesday while it was being considered by the House Committee. We do not have an education requirement in this bill here in South Carolina. We just have it offered to us, which tells you that they somebody wanted to shoehorn that in there somewhere. Because these are politicians, they are snowflakey, emphasis on the flaky, and uh, this is just something they think they got to do, right? This is just something, they don't think that you're capable of chewing gum, tying your shoes, and walking at the same time. They wonder how you get to work every day. And at the last minute, it died. It got pulled out. And that's because the NRA injected themselves into it. Now, the other day, it was told to me that one of the things... Uh, one of the things about this bill in South Carolina, coming back to the House, is that if the if they try to correct it and the bill dies, which everybody out there right now, in, uh, what is it, Palmetto Gun Rights is out there saying, this bill's got to die because it's not perfect, which I know that. I know it's not perfect. I get that. I understand it. And there's some things in there that nobody likes in it. But here's the thing. If I, with a permit right now, if they don't do anything else, if I get out there and use my gun and commit a murder, guess what? I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. If I do not follow the law, if I'm not doing something by castle doctrine, imminent uh, bodily harm or death, if none of those things apply and I shoot somebody and it was the wrong thing to do, I go to jail. That's the law. Now, some people in the House are a little reluctant at this moment to take looks at this bill as it's coming back to them because they're afraid they'll vote on it and try to correct it and try to get the perfect bill, and then they'll be graded by the NRA. And so I simply tell you this regarding the NRA. Right now, the NRA is irrelevant. I'm a member of the NRA. I have been a member. I will be a member at a later time again. And it is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. 
They do not matter at the moment. So do not, if you're a politician and you're thinking about this bill and it's coming back to you, you're in the house, you need to go, if you want to fix it, go fix it. And if you kill it, okay. Because apparently there's two, two trains of thought here in South Carolina. There's some people that want us to move the chains and there's some people that don't want us to move the chains unless it can land exactly where you want it to be. And if that's what you want, just remember this, perfect is the enemy of good. This is not me selling out. This is not me giving in. This is me being realistic. It's still a win. A win is a win. If you want to go back and fix it later on, just because they passed the bill, that doesn't mean it's over with. It would never mean it was over with. There are some things that are wrong with it, no doubt about it. It's a starting point at best. But... For all of you out there that think that you don't have to have permission of the state, which I am one of them, I do not think you have to have permission from the state to carry a gun, uh, this is the way to codify that in South Carolina, and they finally begin to recognize the right as a right. Three, four years ago, I was talking to politicians It told me straight up, the, the Second Amendment doesn't mean what you think it means. We've been trying to do this for how long? So... If you're out there and you're concerned, if you're if you're listening to me and you're a politician and you're right now in the House of uh, the General Assembly, I simply say to you, the NRA doesn't matter. Let them come in and grade you. If they come in and grade you and give you a uh, give you a bad grade, I'll stand with you. I'll stand with you. I'll get the Second Amendment Foundation to come in and, and side with you. I'll get Gun Owners of America to do it. Firearm Policy Coalition, because those are the three that have filled the void. And I can get SAF. With no issues. GOA might be a little iffy. FPC, I know one or two people there. But this is the thing. If you if we're going to make a change in the state of South Carolina, we got to stop worrying about what other people think about us. Nobody's going to like everything we do. Nobody likes everything I do. Do you, do you see me feeling concerned? I am not concerned. I am not concerned. I've looked at the stuff. Some of the stuff seems sort of wonky to me, like the, you know, you've committed a bigger crime if you don't have a permit than you do if you did. That's something that obviously has to be fixed, and it could be fixed. It would be fixed. But it just really depends on what you want. What I've heard, I, I've seen it year in and year out on this text line right here, is that when are we going to get permitless carry? And we're, get, we're looking at permitless carry now. This is not constitutional carry because they have too many caveats in it. They have many too what-ifs in it. That would have to be fixed, but we would have permitless carry. So which is it? Is the glass half full or half empty? That, that's my thing. To the guy that just uh, decided to uh, tell me that I was texting you and talking at the same time, uh, you're the one texting like a maniac over there, okay? That's all I'm going to tell you, friend. When, when we get back, I saw something that was great. It, it was harkens back to the old days of entertainment. Thoroughly enjoyed it. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.
and I watch TV. So I miss this live. I wish I'd seen it live. Uh, recently, a, a country singer named Luke Combs, he, uh, he did a cover, Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. And this came out in the 80s. It's been, uh, wow, years and years. Go ahead and mute yourself there, brother. And um, she got up on stage at the Grammy Awards and performed this song with him. And Tracy Chapman, uh, she didn't have any of the, you know, when you see these, it looks like uh, earplugs that they have in their head. These are in-ear monitors so they can keep up with everything. And uh, sometimes they lip sync and sometimes they auto-tune them because live, you know, some people don't sound as good as they do when they're recorded. Not Tracy Chapman. She's a very bashful, shy person. And yet, when when this guy took this song, this uh, you know thirty six year old song, and took it to uh, and and made it big, she thought that was great. She you know she said I never expected to find myself on the country charts, but I'm honored to be there. I'm happy for Luke and his success, and grateful that new fans have found and embraced Fast Car. Fast cars about somebody that looks at their life and they think maybe they might be wasting it. And what are they going to do? How are they going to fix that? They feel like they're destined for something bigger, but they're doing something that they feel like they're obligated to do. This uh, resurgence of her song made her a half a million dollars in royalties. And now it, the original itself is still is, is, is popping on iTunes. But... She did this to put her stamp of approval on Luke Combs using her song and sing his own version of it. A lot of the wokesters had screamed that Combs was appropriating her music and claimed that her song never would have become a number one country hit without a white guy singing it. And she put out a statement about this, and I, I mentioned the statement to you, but... Um, she put the woke whining to rest and she came out and performed with Combs. And once again, she loved it. She had a great time, a radiant smile, all the categories. And here's the thing. I'm almost certain that she would be considered a leftist, a progressive. And I'm just basing that on some of her song topics and lyrics. But for her, like the old entertainers of the past that were so great at what they did, we never knew it. I couldn't tell you to this day. I know that Johnny Carson, for example, was a good friend of Ronald Reagan, but I don't know what his real political leanings were because he never talked about it because he did not think that was entertainment. He realized what he was, was an entertainer. Tracy Chapman apparently cut from that same bolt of cloth. First and foremost, an artist. Her music appeals to 100% of her potential audience, not the 50% of the loud wokester musicians like, you know, they, they constantly want to do that to themselves. They want to shut out half their potential buying audience by yelling about MAGA or something like that. Tracy can write a song, and she can sing. And uh, she's very, you know, she's not very much about look at me, look at me, all this other stuff. And that's why she's number one. And that audience, that Grammy Grammy Award audience that was there live, 
She killed them. She, Luke Holmes and she killed those guys. They were all black, white, male, female. They were all standing up. They were all saying the, you know, singing the song with it. And Luke was enjoying this so much that when it would be her turn to sing her part of the song, he would mouth the words along with her. And that kind of dignity in a person, she did not have to come back and do that. She has, I mean, uh, let's face it, Tracy Chapman, nobody's seen Tracy Chapman in quite a long time. She still sounds as good as she did. She thoroughly had a good time because she doesn't take herself as some serious, you know, soothsayer that's going to be out there trying to tell you what's coming and what you should do and all these other things. She's a songwriter. She's a singer. She's an artist. Here's what I have. This is for everybody out there. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. And I'm sorry I missed that. That was one of those moments where you sit back and you say to yourself, that was truly, truly inspiring to see that because like I said I don't know anything about her beyond what I see and she presents that to everybody but somebody came out there and they accused that somebody of stealing her song because she was black and a female and he's white and a male and uh, that that's it that's all there had to be and he's probably for Trump and he's this he's that he's the other and uh, it was misappropriation all these other things and she just shot it down just shot it down this kind of thing happened this kind of thing happened uh on a regular basis, we wouldn't have nearly as many problems because a lot of America takes their cues from, quote, celebrities, end quote, as if somehow or other their, their speciality in one particular talent or field makes them the all-master being of time, space, and dimension. They are not. They are not. So, <laughs> when we get back, might still have that, might still have that, uh, that surprise, I don't know. He keeps texting me, and we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 